welcome to the show. Uh, we're here with um, Jeremy Anderson of Treehouse in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Um, we are excited to be here and to uh, talk about some music and um, consciousness and life and all those fun things. Um, so we'll get started with the usual little over the air frequency tune in so that we're all on the same wavelengths as we chit chat and connect with one another. I dig it. So, um, Jeremy here is a great creator and musician, and uh, this is Higher Frequencies, and we talk about um, your frequency and your resonance, and music is such a, a fundamental uh, influence and useful tool for, for your frequency and maintaining or changing it like if you need to like if you're in a in certain places so um you know in, in my mind's eye um, musicians are modern day shamans because they um if 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 their heart and mind is in the right place and they're expressing that through their music then it's it's medicine for other people and so um a lot of things that i listen to personally i would call medicine music and that's how i found jeremy and treehouse because of the uh the message and the the frequency and the and the, the harmony that it brings amongst people uh, it's beautiful and like one of the first songs i, I ever heard um was blessings and you know just listening to it and singing it like I was uh, overwhelmed with the the feelings of blessings for all the blessings that um that we're all blessed for you know so like uh, that's a really uh, magical thing to be able to do um, for the world you know so it's, it's a beautiful gift it's awesome and I, I'm highly grateful for it. Thank you, man. Uh, yeah, I I enjoy doing it. I didn't realize, you know, starting out the uh, the full reality of the impact that it would, you know, when you write a song, especially nowadays, you can put it out fairly easily, and it it'll go across the world, the whole world. Somebody's listening to blessings in China right now, 
Right. So uh, that's always wild to keep in mind, you know. Right. Beautiful time to be alive to have that um, that that connection, that possibility. Yeah, we started before that. Uh, before Spotify existed, yeah, you know, like so. the internet was even like popular. Yeah, and we just yeah. you got to find like random websites you could throw a single on, you know. Right. But that kind of helped when Spotify started and started reaching everywhere on the internet. Right. Blessings actually got picked up by Spotify and exposed to a, a lot of people. Right. Yeah. Um, Sugar Shack comes to mind because that's where I found you and then found that you lived in Myrtle Beach and then instantly like seen you within a week of that because I live in so close myself. Um, that's a that's really right. interesting new uh, take on producing music and sharing like a uh, an outlet like Sugar Shack. Um, it's a real broad range. Um, and so I was lucky enough you know, to to have Sugar Shack and you be on Sugar Shack to for the universe to be able yeah. to send you out there to me, you know. Yeah, that's uh they've expanded a lot, you know, mind blowingly. when we started out, when they reached out to us and we worked with them, you know, I, I had no idea that and they're essentially the forefront of a big part of the modern genre. For sure, like indie music type stuff, like independently produced type stuff. Yeah, and it's yeah. almost like, a, and they've got like a awesome model. You know, a lot of those bands never considered doing their songs like acoustic or stripped down like that. Oh, it's true. almost a continuation yeah. of like MTV Unplugged, you know, but it's the their main format. Right, right. I didn't think about that. There is there is some songs of I've heard of artists where I prefer their original sugar shack stripped down version over album versions uh it has a unique yeah. has a uniqueness out yeah know? they created some gems yeah um so what kind of uh things are you guys working on like what you got going up on new with with treehouse and well we were just in the studio today working on some throat singing right uh, right so i appreciate you rolling in the studio laying that down we're gonna fit that into uh so we've been working on alchemical equations song collaboration with indubious and uh i've got like a slew of like eight or nine different songs working with different people or just kind of sprinkling them out there nice 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 i really like the um from the medicine music that I listen to, all the the artists seem to be creating this um, sharing circle with like features. I really enjoy seeing those types of artists reach out and feature so many other artists. I think that's a I think that's a part of a, a new a new paradigm shift, you know, because we're leaving these these times of me 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 and going to the wee 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 and um so you know copyrights and all these different things and these feelings of ownership like the more we let go of the i the more we let go of these ideas of possession and when we start to mold these new things you know so when you feature artists and you do collaborations like this it's just these new beautiful moldings it just creates this whole new 
energy and uh, it brings out different things and both artists you know it's just it's just a whole part of the whole cycle of the new the new new <laughs> right it's like ours the concept of ours is okay if we extend it to everyone right you know when all of us are you know back to one like, yeah exactly um fortunate youth does really well at like always being inclusive whoever they're playing a show with is usually up on stage with them by the end of the night just uh and dan kelly made a good point like let's that's a a big part that's a central point of music you know is to see those collaborations especially live like that's where the the gold shines it's know? really unique and, yeah and every spot every player. yeah yeah and uh i've kind of stumbled onto that we're still you know to this day working on how can we make our show focus on that right you know more the sh sharing family jam type thing uh and like bringing like new yeah new, new twist to things yeah writing writing songs with the intention of that like this is the part of the song live where yeah I everybody does this part or whatever you know yeah yeah that's that's beautiful yeah that's that's the fun i mean that's what makes everything worth it you know right when you're playing live and every, you're all connected um i guess uh independent music because i would consider you know most of the artists i listen to as as independent you know um this it's become a, a real new thing was you know basically unheard of when we were younger right and now to me that's the only place you get that medicine music or this authenticity but that's all also where you're getting that tribal gathering uh type of creation um and it's it's inevitably uh shedding the system which constrained artists in the past which is like you know record labels and meet this deadline for a blank 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 uh i think it's it's really cool that uh independent and you know, we even call it independent or, or indie artists is um become a more popular or wide range or in the focus i don't really know how how to word it you know i think there's i mean the whatever we think the the main thing is is mostly an illusion anyway uh you know with every success story you see there's always like the horror story of a record label back in the day where it's like it's it's got to be the worst to be famous and broke you know because you got like fuck i need to make some money next week but i can't like just i can't have people see me working at burger king whatever <laughs> <laughs> so um there what has happened with the progress of it is just there's a uh, hundred thousand new avenues or more uh, all the avenues of music have become strengthened you know so you can really pursue your own path and you don't have to be that number one hit chart topping shit like the at least in my opinion like i don't feel that pressure necessarily like not to say that i'm like oh I, if i apply myself i could be number one rihanna's gotta watch out <laughs> you know but uh 
I think there's plenty of comfortable places on the scale of or the dimensions of pathways that you can pursue music and especially nowadays in a authentic and genuine way that is still sustainable and pursuable right um you know so your music has a a real um spiritual essence to it um how was did you grow up religious or anything like that or did you just like come to uh, an awareness point to where um that kind of bled through into your music or or the things you do was there any type of upbringing or anything that happened that kind of awoken the lion inside of you per se uh slow and steady progress i say but uh you know, uh, hallucinogens or plant medicines definitely helped, you know, thrust along the way at certain points. But early on, you know, it wasn't really strict uh, religion or anything in my household. Uh, but my grandparents would want me to go to church every once in a while. So I've been to church, you know, in Southern Church, Baptist Church. Uh, when I was a teenager i got into some trouble with the law and they had instead of like going to court they have like a optional program where they uh, force you to go to church oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> welcome uh, to south carolina yeah and i was like and i asked them i was like what if i'm atheist and they're like you got to find an atheist church yeah. have them report to us I was like what <laughs> I should have used it as an opportunity to find a, a Buddhist temple. And, but, you know, I just found a, a cool Methodist church nearby that would sign off. And I still went to all the shit. And it was with a bunch of other delinquent kids, you know. So, right. Um, I kind of had a, obviously, a rebellious nature, at least from that point, you know, like being forced to go to church. I'm like, but from early on, I was a kid who asked why about everything annoyingly so um, and I, I i was sick even as a little kid i was sick of like so many people being complacent because i'm like do you even know why <laughs> have you ever asked fucking yeah. why Majority it's not just know. like that you know <laughs> so uh that you know um i thought about it a lot as a teenager and didn't really get too far in my journey at that point. That was kind of the seed of question, like yeah. Real I mean, you got to be in I a guess. state of discomfort, or you know, what I'm saying to pursue. If you're content with unknowing, yeah, then yeah. you're not gonna see. So I went through, you know, good old awkward phase of just nihilism or something. A little bit but uh then went to uh started studying philosophy i ended up um majoring in philosophy in school and no sure. uh so because i i was like i was about to give up and just you know fucking fuck around which i still think i would have ended up back on a similar path right but uh it was overall a good experience. My parents were like, at least go to some 
local college. Uh, and I was like originally going for like marketing or whatever, but I took one philosophy course. I was like, I'm switching colleges. I'm going to a philosophy, like majoring in philosophy. And I took Eastern philosophy and environmental ethics and logic and uh, philosophy of mind and uh, classic philosophy. And Funny shit, I can't remember. Seeds in there, like any like... Yeah, I mean, a lot of that contributed to um, Eastern philosophy specifically, like Buddhism really got me there. Uh, and that was a big seed that I saw a lot, everything connected to from then on. Right. Uh, but like we were talking about the other day, like some sometimes you, you might feel like at a certain point in your life, you let your consciousness like like i said i i feel like i came into my being when i was like 13 right right where it was just like a difference in like oh i'm here yeah. i felt like i was just like oh, i'm just i was like a uh in a cocoon right you know and uh once i got that spark i it's kind of relatively like, stayed on that. I mean, it's kind of something that just grew over time. Yeah, but it could have easily gone off track, and I would have like been a homeless crackhead without <laughs> the right help. Because I've been like, man, fuck, this is all bullshit. I'm on this whatever, you know. I don't know, but uh, luckily, you know, people had some faith in me, and I uh, gained some faith in myself to to keep seeking knowledge. Yeah. And I was I was heavy into music. Music was a big refuge early on. Did you have any like specific artists that um like may have influenced you or like boosted you in that time or in that time what was I listening to, man? Yeah, that I mean honestly, so right when I switched I I changed colleges to uh college Charleston and moved down to Charleston, South Carolina, and uh started taking all these philosophy classes and uh started taking shrooms a little bit more. And this one time, just getting into a uh, Radiohead, sitting in the dark, listening to Radiohead and some shrooms, watching a uh, Blue Planet. Uh, it's, it's like, like Planet this, Earth, yeah, Ocean yeah, Edition, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. And just, I mean, that does it. That puts you there, right? You know? So, uh, that's actually so. That specific night that I'm thinking of in Charleston uh, spurred the lines that started the song Ziggy. So we drew the whole world into circles and lines. Like me and uh, Trey Moody, our original drummer, back in the day, then we were like, we were drawing circles and lines. And we're like, but what is like the fundamental shape or point? Or it's a point, but a, a circle is just a bunch of points. Right. An infinite amount of points, you know, that kind of. So we drew the whole world into circles and lines. It was a line in the song Ziggy. Right. And that's essentially what it's about. Ziggy was like seeking a, a wise man, which I feel like a mushroom, magic mushrooms are like the the embodiment of that plant spirit. Yes, the, yes. the wise man. Right, right for sure. Uh, yeah, I've 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 went into a session with with mushrooms with the intention to talk to the mushrooms and. I was told it was like one of the very first forms of consciousness. And so, uh, and there's I guess that's why you feel that ancient 
spirit because everything's a spirit so you know the mushroom and and anything that we put in our body even pharmaceuticals have spirits you know and and everything has well, this every option. it's almost like uh we could go down to like chemical structures you know yeah and so you know every uh every spirit has an option just like we do which is service to self or service to other self and you can even see this in different pharmaceuticals and different substance for anybody that's ever taken substances if you think of that concept of uh sharing your consciousness with a spirit and then you pay attention to the effects of it and what it makes you want to do and how it makes you feel then you can tell how the spirit is inside that substance so you know some substance are co-creators they're sharers they teach you and they show you things some things want to take you over you know yeah, like uh, yeah. benzos or uh, like methamphetamine like these are service to self spirits that which like take over a host it's possession i, just, I don't like the word but like if it's a word we know if we're trying to explain this interaction with the spirit it takes over so you know traditionally we, we would call that possession and if you've ever known anybody that struggled with anything you can kind of see that from the outside looking in of uh of battling with a spirit and then the difference in them with the spirit being around you know um you know some mushrooms um and and different things like it's a real ancient spirit like type of type of consciousness but it's like a it's like a shower, you know, it's, where it's, feels benevolent. Yes. Yeah, so that's right. the thing is, is, is spare that, that service to self to service to other self is only a different degree of whether it's malevolent or benevolent, whether it's neutral or here to help you or it's um, lower vibration and it wants to serve itself. So what would you consider LSD? So that was a very unique one. It's, it's a really, really, really high vibration, um, which mushrooms is too. But to me, that type of experience seems very grounding. Yeah, with a high vibration versus like yeah. LSD is like uh, to the to the stars. We <laughs> <laughs> <Me> feel. <laughs> And every time you, every, in my experience, every time I've had one of these like biblical experiences on a plant medicine, mushrooms or LSD, the, uh, the process of reaching the frequency is always intense. People call it intense come up, but from, you know, everything is a frequency. And so all we're doing is changing our radio station. We're changing our frequency to tune into these other frequencies uh and um so like in my experience every time i've had those like holy shit biblical types of experiences there's been this really like on before i got there like i knew something was it was going to be like one of those experiences like this is going to blow your mind like even one time with uh my buddy alex he was like book your seatbelt you know we're about to blast off and then you know we had this we both had this intermingled freaking biblical out of this world experience like where we shared like the same experiences but we're like different places different times it was it's kind of hard to explain but you know that's a, it was a great reference is like uh bulk of your seatbelt you know about to blast off type every time it seems yeah i just feel like on a roller coaster like 
<laughs> but I feel like the I mean that was definitely early on um, where I would just like eat a handful of dried shrooms or something that seems like the tea like kind of evens out the waves I think it's even more interesting when you're like alright it feels like it's over <laughs> and then you're like what <laughs> so I, I kind of like the waves right it's also nice to even it out for sure um yeah and it's a subtle hard thing to explain yeah consciousness in itself or oneness or any of the things that we talk about on higher frequencies or that me and you talk about in regular conversation is like really just sharing our perspective and our ideas of our experiences because when it really boils down to it, it's something that can't be explained, even though we love talking about it and like trying to explain it. It's only something that can be experienced. That's why like always on higher frequencies and stuff is like, you know, don't listen to what I say. You know, I'm just uh, I'm just a reflection talking about my experience so that you like think and seek for yourself and find that information inside of you, because that's where like I found mine. Uh, you know, so it's always that that's just that thing it's got to be experienced like it just can't even be explained but that's life in itself when you really think about it yeah yeah um you know so uh on high frequencies you know we talk about like the the transition of the ages the paradigm shift and and different things to that nature um how do you feel about your role and that influence and that part of that change because it, it really reflects in uh the message you shared through your music um that idea you know uh what was it uh you know talk the one about babylon falling and different things like that um that message alone is the same prophecies that the Mayans talked about with the end of the world in 2012. And it's, it's the same thing about this, this, the second coming of Christ is, is, is that very thing. It's an energy that's, that's awakening inside of us. Um, how do you feel uh, your music like perpetuates and, and feeds that? Uh, I, often say we're paradigm shifters i got a line that says paradigm shifters energy lifters uh i think that's just like a stray line out there i don't haven't finished that or anything but uh yeah we're we're in pursuit we got this feeling that we don't have words for it yet but it is our just like you know our words that we use all the time they came from somewhere you know what what's the energy of a human being thousands of years ago when it was their responsibility to make their own words whereas i feel like it's a generational laziness if we're like we're just going to use all the words that we that have been handed down and that's it you know that we're just going to flatline right here you know that's not how it's supposed to go that's not how it's gone at any point so why are we gonna and that it might happen naturally for all we know you know right. for better or worse true um so to be aware of that we want to contribute to that beneficially 
which is hard to conceive in itself. Like that's, I feel like half the time why in my music, I'm not as focused on the actual word. And there's a word for this that I've been trying to think of recently. Uh, it's, it's not about the, the meaning of the word. It's about the, the feel of how that vocalism like how the what the vibration invokes or like the intention just the vibe just the vibration, the vibration. separate from the intention yeah, right the if, you, if you can itself. if you can listen to your own language without automatically Touching coupling the words basically. coupling the meaning to it right like listening to a, a foreign language that you don't understand but just listening to how aesthetically the the symbolisms flow and there's an art to that in itself because you can say one meaning a thousand different ways. Right. So at the very least, we can find the way that uh, affects that subtle energy field more. Still working on that, but that's why we got to flesh this out with the, the limited words we have. Right. Music definitely helps in that regard. Um, and early on, I, I was kind of a... I guess a hater on instrumental music or something. I don't know, but I, I totally get it. You know, overall it's, there's some things that don't need words. I mean, have, how many songs have you heard? It's like, Oh, all right. And then the singer comes in and like, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not every human has a, a vocal instrument that compliments, you know, that's why we have this array of instruments. Right, especially nowadays. I mean, you can fucking you saw in the studio today. You can you can do anything on the mic and make a whole album of of edited. Yeah, yeah, right. Tweet. So, might so be something you can pull off live. Well, it depends <laughs> on your definition nowadays. I mean, you put a laptop on stage, you know, True and it's like, hey, yeah. I still press the button. I still press the button. Uh, right, right, right. <laughs> and you had to make it beforehand. There's there's a balance to it, but. Sure. Um, you know, this it itself is an instrument these days, you know? Yeah. yeah so, for sure. I mean, you, you could be a better musician if you're an electrician. You know, if you actually understood the circuitry. So, getting back to what we're talking about, like, um, how music affects in that way, I'm lucky to have stumbled upon it and getting there. You know, we... We talk a lot about the uh, 432 hertz, you know, and the idea of tuning into that mm -hmm. range, you know, because you, you have to tune the actual instruments That's to right. it because it's different. Uh, it's different octaves, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's different. Um, yeah. Word for that, too. Like it. But. The musical theory words. Yeah, you can't. You, it's not like you can record everything and then just tune it all down to four thirty two. Exactly. It won't be the same intervals. Okay, basically. I got you. Which um, is just the the vibration, right? And, the frequency. and to an extent, yeah. uh, to stick it still to the, our same concept of musical notes, the four thirty two hertz scale, almost when you play a chord, almost to our trained ears, for better or worse sounds like wobbly sounds out of tune because we're so conditioned to the 440 hertz scale right. yeah we've gotten used used to it basically which by the way was like the research and who decided to 
put the standard into the 440 hertz. <laughs> it's like global leaders is like, yeah, why, why did they have an interest in that whatsoever? So the coolest thing is I have his friend, uh, Christopher Timms. Uh, he done this opening um, at this healing conference in Florida. And he was the opening speaker, and his whole thing was um, about music back in the day, talking about the prophecies of the here and now, like through, you know, like classic rock type stuff was like what he would have listened to. And he talks about like what these artists were doing, because, you know, back in that time, you had this flux of these artists, you know, they were going and seeing gurus and and all that thing. And so that was was a whole new new ball game you know that all that stuff fed and bred us in different ways you know whether we know it or not like they laid the foundation for you know for all this and and he talks about that you have a line in your dna code and that the 440 resonates with that line in your dna code. 440 or yeah the 440 they said there's like this line in your DNA code and the 440 resonates with that that line. Um, and so, you know, to me, when I think of the whole grand scheme, like not just like my life or anything like that, you know, the whole grand scheme of the cosmos and you have those two options of service to self or service to other self. When you serve yourself, you're still serving your other self because if this is all a story and we're playing characters, then in certain situations, there has to be a bad guy. And if we all come from the one infinite allness, this high vibration, this, it's, it's really, a, a, oddly enough, it would be such a, a sacrifice to lower your vibration in a way to play the characters of the bad there's, guy yeah, there's definitely know. an archetype for that the judas archetype right right so if you look at it like in a figurative sense or um hades right you know, it's like he was like yeah I'll, I'll look over hell it's not like he's just like intrinsically evil necessarily right right all right so um Say we take the 440 reference and then the fact that it was like these globalists were the ones who were like, yeah, we come up with this 440, you know. What if part of this transition, you know, this new season, this paradigm shift, the change of the ages from Pisces to Aquarius that we experience, what if we're moving into this point of time where even you work against the season, all you're doing is perpetuating it and helping it? So what if, what if there's a possibility that they had reached out with the intent to manipulate, but in fact, we were already ready and designed for this interaction during this transition, which is just a theory. I like that us. idea. I like that better than if we're, you know, because sometimes I, I guess, wonder if we we adapt so much between just a few generations to where it's like we adapt to deficiency you know right right where it's just because now we're adapted to consume 
trash doesn't mean I want us to. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, right. but I you're that. talking about basically that's another archetype where you know the prophecy is already made, yes. and the the person who hears the prophecy and tries to make it not happen only there, further it was it all it was all part of the big picture for them to do that. yeah it's that already incorporated into their resistance the was part of the exactly it was natural resistance required for the flow yeah so what we see if we if we zoom out you know just like it's been in my mind frame here recently is like we zoom out just like 200 years you know we're like horse and buggies no power you know, so easily to manipulate the very few people that existed, you know, because they're just, a, what, a circulating paper at best? You know, the British are coming. You could still start a religion. Yeah, you know, so, uh, you know, it's really interesting because we right here, right now is the only time we could be who we are. Because all these things that happened prior to us has, has fed this. In my own personal experience, I would have to live many, many lifetimes researching through libraries and all this other crap. And I still wouldn't find half the information that I found to back up the information that come out of me. So I would have something come into my awareness and then I would find ancient literature and all this other different stuff that was like, bam, this said the same thing after the information already come out. But if, it, if here and now is the only time I could do that, like I would have to have been many lifetimes in the past yeah. to even yeah. be anything like I am now. And so we so, see this impetus, this really uh, fast just snowball process. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So that's a good thing. That's a, a turning point. Right. And there's definitely, I mean, there's the, some idea that, it's like we're at a delicate moment, you know, where if we don't do something right, then it could derail or, but there's also the idea that it, again, the rising tide is inevitable. You know? That's how I look at it is the season. I, what I, what, what I see and when it, and it's really funny if we look at this as ages and we think of the Piscean age and the Aquarian age, this is 2,500 years. I'm not too fresh on my dates, but like the rise of the Roman Empire and the and the fall of of Egypt has this energy that kind of comes up and arises, and it's really close to 2,500 years ago from our known knowledge, like what we're taught. You know, the winners of the wars that write the history book, but we really have this energy um, that's that's been here for like 2,500 years, and like in the last hundred hundred and damn is. 2023 now you know the last 123 years or even the foundation of america in itself this uh leaving feudalism and kings and queens behind to come up with a new experiment on ruling and interacting with ourselves come up with this idea of republic which is now a democracy which we call uh, all that was really new and really fresh to you know what 300 and something years but then that last 125 it's just been such a monumental like mind-blowing change and it, it it really seems like that that knowledge and power of this it's like an, if it's a season and you know the spring is coming it seems like for 2500 years this energy has tried to stop the season from coming that's why we have all these things that seems to be set up in front of us to stop the shift from happening but if we even just look over the last couple of years with, you know, 
corona and stuff like that is like all this stuff is actually fed in more to make these things progress faster you know <clears throat> yeah i think there's uh so many elements uh i'm still uh flabbergasted by tomorrow you know for sure that's actually like the sweet sweet spot where you get like uh what stay excited about the unknown per se uh considering you know um if you think about that and like how your mind works um the, the system works and that energy from that paradigm works through um manipulation and fear ta tactics and making people um easy in their slavery per se is like not minding their living conditions and how they live their life it, it's kind of the things that perpetuate that um so that's in essence like how the brain works and so um it seems like this uh to be in that state of excited about the unknown is not living in the fear doubt survival part of the brain which is really what traps us in itself that's, like that's any challenge you know ourselves and that's definitely exploited yes um yeah i was just watching a video the other day about this like your fight or flight part of your brain is you know your lizard brain is 40 million years old whereas our um, what, frontal lobe frontal cortex is yeah. only four million years developed so it's like got a lot of catching up to do you know with strength of who's controlling the system right so that's why we get like anxious and nervous a lot over anxious and nervous about you know daily life shit we're supposed to that's supposed to be a balanced process you know right. where it's appropriate right but we are we know there's obvious points where it's like too much it's an overdrive or something so it was something about well this specifically was that uh what's it called new new calm kind of thing where it's like you hook the the brain entrainment uh thing I actually this is what i studied as, as a senior for my philosophy degree uh, i was trying to like couple neuroscience with it where uh you know binaural beats yeah um you use binaural beats kind of like as a tuning fork to your brain to promote uh hemisphere synchron synchronicity that's right know? to to synchronize the left and right side of the brain yeah all the neurons firing on the same frequency and they mm -hmm. they'll respond to that frequency if you can create it you know it's a little complex because it's not in our audible range so you gotta when the two become one it's it's a spiritual parable in itself and it also relates to those hemispheres of the brain you know True. so binarial beats and like meditation and all these different cognitive things are still funny enough relating to the same thing of the two becoming one yeah and well man that's a whole wormhole right there <laughs> it really is two brains in ourselves we're like well, that's your you. That's why they they call it the masculine and feminine 
um and it's just got to do with you know masculine and feminine and in this 3d experience we think of genitalia but the genitalia are actually the same one is is pushed out and the other one's recessed so inevitably they are the same and we carry testosterone and estrogen so we have all these everything has those energies so it's a principle in itself you know and the masculine and the feminine is like straight lines and circles and uh when you set your mind on a path and you go straight to it that's masculine thinking you know and and then feminine is where the creative comes from and the curves is like no we could go there but we could take the scenic route and that's that's your left and right brain and then so synchronizing is like that middle middle ground of of everything that's sort of that return back to the one also but if, if we're off balance on either either sides of those brains they play out also as like toxic traits in herself like a woman can be masculine and it'd be toxic masculinity per se just like uh uh same thing for a male like if the the gender doesn't have have to do with the the off balance so if you're off balance in either direction then they have these tendencies in like your everyday thing and how your your mind actually works how you're processing and filtering things it's going to be more more section to those things if you're not more in sync with both of them you know having them both firing close together or working on the same wavelength they're being in harmony per yeah. se well it's interesting i mean we we tend to think of it in like chemical balances you know but right isn't they, that not just a manifest right of the, exactly of the energy yeah, because, well there the whole thing is that's where it gets gray in terms of correlation or causation exactly but it's still profound i mean you can change those chemical structures yeah by changing the the brainwave frequencies um and it's also just like we were talking about earlier where you know for lightning to strike it basically has to find its channel mm -hmm. to connect and both sides are doing that and then like a base got positive and, then, and negative right? yeah and then yeah. the even flow can happen yeah so the same thing's happening like with all these different neural clusters firing at different frequencies but if they go shoom, then it's just going to be like a fluid bridge the gap yeah per se because it, imagine it's otherwise it's like they're supposed to ideally be fluidly connected to where oh hey i need that piece of information thanks right. all right here's this and but if it's like constantly like oh shit that got lost in translation that we're constantly fighting ourselves like in that like fuck i need that piece of information well i'll just go with it yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> brain farts per se yeah, yeah. Like plenty of those just, you know? just not pathways not but connected. it's so common for us that we, it's so subtle at this point we don't even know we have no idea what it's like to experience like hemisphere synchronicity true to truly uh <laughs> right have these two things communicating properly yeah i get that and so you know when we go to like certain types of festivals and stuff and we see these these in our reflections that reflect us more authentically because in all this is all our reflections it's, it's just a discernment and there is no good or bad 
you know, there's just that reflection to be like, I am like that and I am not like that, you know. So when we go to festivals and stuff, we see more similarities of our reflection. Um, you really see these, uh, you know, when we think of man and we think of woman, traditionally square male thinking of male and female is that short hair and that strong you know this masculinity as we were teach taught is not really true masculinity but it's that masculine form only of masculinity and then the female only form of masculinity was like oh you're only supposed to cook and you're supposed to dress like this and this and that and the third <clears throat> when we go to these festivals in different places and we see more of those authentic reflections you know we we don't fit those traditional masculine molds because an essence of finding ourselves we're finding balance and in that essence that we're finding the balance between the masculine and feminine principles within ourselves and that is reflected on the outside and then our reflections that we meet on the outside like when we go to to festivals you see more of that synchronization reflected in their expression and like how they dress and how they talk and and the music they listen to type things and that itself is a balancing in the grand scheme of things there's been plenty of the the overt idealism of and, masculinity yeah so we could even see that um if we were thinking of energies and masculine energies, which either one, either their extreme is out of balance, obviously. Um, and so we really went through this long period of time where it seems like the masculine was very out of balance and overreaching. Uh, you know, only male rulers. Even when America was founded, women couldn't vote. You had to be landowners. Like, that is a... Um, that is an imbalance of the masculine mind to even conceive this, yeah. you know. And that's a long period of time also, you know, that it's been that way. Like, women rulers, you know, we hear about it in Egyptian times, but, like, that's, you know. Well, that's when, like, you can see the, I mean, again, there's always a, the, eventually the paradigm shift, you know, but... Uh, and there's necessary levels and layers of suffering or things that are necessary or foundational or something like that. But within that realization, there's also a bunch of things on top that, uh, that pose as the necessary that are really exploiting that, you know, and taking advantage of all of us energetically. Uh... You got an example? <laughs> uh, so uh no so you mean in like um say like places where there's a bunch of money and these people charge these ridiculous amounts of money for retreats and things like that and that type of thing like no so thing? i guess what we were talking about um with uh you know over masculinity or That whole, you know, while it is changing, it it can always happen quicker. Uh, yeah. You know, like I think that relies with us. Yeah. In itself, if this is all our reflection, you know, I've had this experience with plant medicine where I was the whole 
things started off when I was thinking like, you know, why is there people starving in the world? You know, if we're all one and I have this grand influence on all this, then why does this exist in my experience anymore? This was kind of like my question at the beginning of this of this journey. And it, it come to me that like these things still exist in me in some shape or form. And that's why they you so yeah. And that message that come through, you know, the more that we actually do our uh, due diligence, I guess, if I was to try to call it something, you know, the more we, we seek and find and authenticate and express that true parts of ourselves, then all of these things inevitably are eliminated by that. You know, and, and we really see that when we even like tap into a little bit of quantum mechanics and the quantumness of this whole reality. It's, it's almost a scientific truth. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so much programming like behind us to, to try to like refute that, you know, it's hard to maintain that revelation, you know, regular what I guess Buddha would call a Maya, you know, it's like the, the big illusion of all the stuff. So when you're like about to attain enlightenment, it just gets hit. That cloud gets heavier on top of, you know, like the veil gets thicker. It's like trying to pull every card to keep you in that, in the matrix, you know? Uh, as soon as you said that, like, um, that indubious line come to me about if you reach, you push, push away. So become a welcoming um uh and that kind of comes back to the the thing that i've been talking to you about that's kind of been in and out come to me like you know five six years ago but it's really uh, become more of a practice and a thing is this understanding of surrendering and so surrender is the same thing as welcoming you know we reach and we push away you know because if in essence, we already are, you know what I'm saying? There's nothing to become. There's nothing to obtain because we already are that, you know? And so that's, you know, that's that surrender. It's like, there's really nothing to reach, reach for. Like when we're trying to poke our head through the cloud of enlightenment is, is pushing it away per se. Right. You know, with that idea of reaching that that point of enlightenment, where it's, uh, we really hadn't even quite found that comfortableness of already being it, and and something that really happened, like around the time that when I met you guys at Pyro, and um, you know, it was I was looking to go listen to Mike, and then there was uh, Lisa was like, "We got to go to this thing, and Mike's going to be there," and it was. Um, pyro and it's all about phoenixes and like i got a tattoo on my arm and i have this real connection with the phoenix as we all should as we go through our journeys because it's the same uh, metaphorical process you know to to rise from the ashes um i had this just this beautiful magical experience that i could never think of in my entire life you know with all these beautiful people and all this great fucking energy and, and this you know this big hope for humanity per se because that's what those things give us it shows us it recharges us for us to go 
and reflect that energy out, you know, when we go to those types of things. Mm -hmm. We also like heal the land that we we gather on and then that energy lingers around. Anybody that comes in touch with that land after we're gone, like we affect them. Like quantumly, this is proven like it, that's how like all of it works. And during that that experience, it was at the end and we were eating and you know, we were chit chatting like we do. Um I kind of had this understanding that we were already in this energy and it's come back to me a couple times now i feel like we are already it's the saying the same thing but in a different way you know there's we already are this thing there's nothing to become i already feel like when we talk about like a paradigm shift and all these you know the change of the ages something inside of me says that we're already in it like we're already there but we don't even know how to play with it yet per se I can feel that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's so new. Like, and if we think about all this stuff that we know about prophecies and this and that and the third, like, we live in a time where there is no prophecy. You know, all those prophecies have come. You know, the second coming of Christ lives inside of me and you. Are we are a reflection of each other, that same thing. It is already here. You know, that's prophesized. The Mayan calendar, the end of the old world. Holy shit, the old world's been dying for over a hundred years. Our country being founded on democracy was already at the death of a world, you know? So, like, if we was trying to pick a point in prophecy, you know, we can apply that in so many closer time frames, you know? We can see, we can already see the system that we've created dying. Like, it's already imploding in itself because, you know, we already know it's the eye and the going to the and the me going to the we so we're going to see that structure also change governments and all this other stuff but you know what we see on the regular is these people being drawn back to the old ways of that community living and that helping one another and taking that sovereignty back so like i can see that being that new that new paradigm uh way of life you know um but they also see uh, so much that's already like died off in itself too. I'd say it, it's good to see that whatsoever, you know, and uh, it's hard to conceive a local mindset globally, you know, like where there's that many small communities, right? All right together who have, all the resources they need or there's you know what what replaces government or money that kind of thing um it does seem unfathomable in its in its essence but to me like i've had these experiences like and in the in the right environment around the tribe where like you can feel that that's a possibility you know, it seems like it may be something in ourself that even is saying, like, that's not possible, you know, like a program in itself to think that, to not even be able to feel that possibility. Well, in essence, like, what is to come? I don't even think we can really wrap our minds around how awesome and beautiful that which is to come, you know. I think it's going to be that mind-blowing. It's like we could think about how awesome of a world that we we come here to create with living and sharing together 
and whatever we can picture it seems like it will be a million times more beautifully mind-blowing than the, than we can even conceive absolutely i mean i'm just it's really hard to to think about not working under this system no doubt but wonder what people thought about um that come from freaking feudalism like kings and queens that come over to america and they're like we're doing a democracy and you know you can vote if you got some land but no not you over there and they're like but think about this in america too if you got some land like plenty of land at the time you know all over but it's like hey the king didn't give you that so i thought it was kind of weird like america coming out and being like we're america you know but anybody who got land from the king you can still keep on your land that's still good you know it's like that should have been like reset right right like, everybody gets a little bit of land okay chill out it's like what but the king gave me this whole state what about out west like whenever we bought like the whole yeah. west and stuff that was kind of more of a take thing that was homesteaded then yeah and then and so then, then like it's like if you can make it, they you done can keep a lot of giving away right like in the south and different places like most soldiers were paid with land i even know somebody like his great relative they still live on the land that they got from um the service in the civil war and uh he got 325 acres you know close to the house and it's still in the family like the majority of it and i don't know how many generations far away the guy I, is that i know but he's got like 50 acres of the 325 you know that was payment from the civil war wow damn that's wild to trace you know trace right stuff like that he's he's actually knows enough about his family history he can track it all the way back to uh before they migrated to the states like scotch irish or some shit yeah. well i was just thinking like so what do you need to live you know it's pretty basic and simple yeah and now think about all the things in a city like you could cut out i mean we should be able to cover all the things that we need first off because there's all this other shit on top of it right that it's like only we give it value yeah it has no intrinsic value True. unless we want it right and half the time we got to be convinced that we want it yeah and then there's a whole industry for that, that is. <laughs> and so all right so if we see like the dying of this energy you know consumerism is something that dies with that because that's a programming in, in itself it's, it's a, that's all it is it's a programming for programming so you know uh, i feel like i come here to create communities you know i learned carpentry and building and stuff when i was young and then like when i kind of started awakening to these things i was you know i was like how'd my life why did why was my life like this and then once i realized that i want to start a community i was like oh look at this this interesting design you put out here you know that i learned all the things like i literally could create a community with my own two hands for just the stuff and enough time you know there's like literally nothing in the world to stop that but you know we also live in this technological age whereas you know we're looking to go back to the old ways but we're not going back in time and giving away knowledge because technology is just an extension of our knowledge that we've we found it's just us playing with 
the things that we've experimented with. And so, you know, solar power and renewable energy in a smaller confinement, uh, more taking care of yourself, you know, and then you got structure, clean water and food. Like we used to always handle these things ourselves really in the last, you know, um, short period of time where all these things and the, and the programming has become stronger to where all those things have been taken back from us you yeah. know so i feel like we could create a community you know and have renewable energy and have clean healthy food that we grow on site and still be able to do things to to export or sell to other communities or other people to help with infrastructure, you know, and different things like that, or even if it's bartering, because in essence, that would be closer to a uh, more uh, harmonious exchange between communities and individuals and stuff. But, um, you know, 3D printing and stuff, the very first 3D printer ever created was made in Africa to create foundations for houses out of sand, you know, so I think I know that I could tinker around, especially if I had like just a couple other people with a little bit of knowledge about this and that, you know, we can make 3D printed houses that are like made out of hempcrete that are like carbon yeah. neutral, that are hurricane proof, flood proof. And we can make these out of resources we grow on our own land and, you know, and 3D print like different things that we need, like silverware, like all these different, you know, and then yeah. there's like smithing with metal, like there's all this to me that's like that new frontier is is the more we become interconnected it seems like the more our knowledge base and and stuff that we become we come the more self-sufficient we become the more the individual itself becomes more knowledgeable of being able to do all those things like the future base education you would know how to forge for food you would know how to grow food you would know basic carpentry skills you know all the regular survival skills in my school in the community like that's what school would be about yeah and you would we would literally be just redoing the whole show you know or at the very least like i mean well the state we're in right now is that we we have all these gadgets that that don't guide us toward that necessarily you know at least as obviously um and we subscribe to them all instead if like they geared technology toward you know it's like a you seen the life straw or something yeah. you know it's like yeah. things simple things like that i don't know how to make a life straw but cool I, I bought one for or was gifted one right just to and that could save my life True. and it's that simple like, and that could really save lives all across the globe. And it's not like I know how to use a phone, but I'm just as willing to, or how to, you know, build a phone. True. Just as willing to use it. The same thing could be like, I mean, if we lived out somewhere and we had just enough technology to, to purify our water and help us, you know, set up, grow stuff. But luckily there's like more courses out there for all that stuff too it's good to because like regenerative farming and uh, permaculture and things yeah, like that that yeah. i would like to get more into and it's it's it takes a village you know yeah so <laughs> you know i think about so, the trade that i learned because in essence those are trades yeah you know um and i learned a trade by being dropped in it you know so i feel like the more we become community the more we learn those things naturally just by helping the guy 
the nose blink or, you know, by hands on. Like, I think yeah. that's how I learned how to build anything was literally like put hands on helping somebody. And then I caught on enough to where I could do blank. And I did that all the way from not knowing shit to I can build whatever. So like that's, that's that actually they actually perpetuate one another in themselves just by making those steps and those progress towards that. And just trying to immerse that have that full immersion into it, really, you know. True. Yeah, man. <laughs> full immersion, right? So you got um, you got anything you you want to share about uh, things you got coming up or any events or yeah, anything well, you know, to be looking out for Pyro Music Festival is going to be a very similar gathering to well everything we've been talking about. True, true. Uh, Pyro Music Festival, uh, June 2nd to the 4th in Ohio. Check it out. We're happy to be there jamming full band. And uh, then we fly out to Montana for Cup Fest. Going to sample a bunch of tasty treats. Nice, nice, <laughs> nice. And, uh, yeah, just laying out a bunch of singles in the meantime. Heck yeah. Um, so what kind of websites and stuff can people go to to find you guys? TreehouseTheBand.com or YourFavoriteThing.com slash TreehouseTheBand. At TreehouseTheBand, uh, Treehouse with an exclamation mark. You'll find us on Spotify. All that good stuff. Uh, yeah, I think that covers it. Nice, nice, nice. And as always, you can catch these on uh, uh, higher frequency episodes. This is episode number 32 with Jeremy Anderson of Treehouse. You can find it on the website at higherfrequencies.life um, or on Facebook or Apple Music, all those normal things, same stuff. As always, um, such a blessing to have you, brother. Thanks for having me, brother. Um, and I thank you guys for listening and joining us as always. Uh, peace and love. Namaste.